Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be teaching from 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1, quote, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Unquote. So, I want to discuss, in particular, verse 2. And note uh, what, note John's emphasis in verse 2. Now, the the entire epistle uh, is addressed to believers about their salvation. And John draws a dramatic contrast between sin and purity, between what it means to be a child of God and what it means to be a part of the cosmic system. John draws a contrast between love and hate. And so John's emphasis is on what it means to be a child of God. <clears throat> so he tells us in 1 John 1, 9, as believing ones, that, that if we sin, then we can confess our sin to God, and he is faithful and just. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is always faithful, and he is just. So just means that he makes us right before him, and he did so in 33 AD at the cross of Jesus. When Jesus died upon the Roman gibbet, and when Jesus said or shouted, it is finished. In Greek, tetelestai, one word, it is finished. What did Jesus mean? Well, he had purchased redemption for us. He has purchased our redemption. And so therefore, 
he paid the sacrifice. He paid the price for sin. And so, therefore, he set us free. First John, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not die or perish but have eternal life. The Greek has eternal life, not everlasting life. <clears throat> And so, whereas the Gospel of John was written to unbelievers so that they might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, 1 John was written to believers. And the emphasis in 1 John, particularly in chapter 3, is our new estate before God, our new relationship with God. So verse 1 of chapter 3 reads, uh, behold, that is, and it, we have here an aorist imperative active. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not going to go into that today, but I want to focus on the new reality. Did you know that when you were saved, when you were rescued out of the agora, the marketplace of sin by Jesus, as I was rescued or saved out of the marketplace of sin. Through the new birth, God made us qualitatively new new beings. If anyone in Christ, new creation, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And this is the language that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads, quote, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. It should read new creation. And, and that word new means qualitatively new. All things are passed away. <clears throat> and so the word here... Uh, means old, worn out things, old, worn out things. The word here is archaos, archaos, from which we get the word archaeology. And so uh, the word here means uh, that which is of uh, ancient origin. Now, in Romans 6, 6, Paul uses the word paleos uh, when he talks about uh, old things. And it means there that which is of long duration, that which is of long duration. And uh, so Peter uses uh, in First Peter, in Second Peter chapter 1, 9, he uses the word paleos when he talks about old sins. Now, why do both Paul and Peter use these words? Well, we have been graced out of death. We have been graced out of the death that we were subject to and that we were in 
he graced us out of that estate into the kingdom of his dear son. That is, God did this on our behalf. And so when, the, uh, when Paul and Peter think about uh, our sins, they're thinking about that which is old, that which is of long duration. It is now gone. These things are now over, and so we have this new relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We are qualitatively new creation, and that is something to celebrate as believing ones. That is something to celebrate. And so uh, we know God experientially. We have a new relationship with him. We belong to him. We are now his. We have a conjoint relationship with God through the person of our Lord and Savior, Savior Jesus Christ. And so when John takes up this theme uh, of our new life in Christ, remember it means qualitatively new. In John 3, 1, he, he writes, Behold, that is, perceive with the mind or consider what manner of love, and that, that means what foreign manner of love, what foreign manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we, purpose clause, that we should be called, the word in Greek is tekna, and tekna is a very important word because it the word means uh, to be born of. It means origin. Uh, it, and so this word uh, bespeaks the believer's new estate. We are now the techna, the, the children of God, the born ones of God. Therefore, the cosmos knoweth us not, as the word here knoweth means experientially. Understand that as believers, since we have been graced out and since we are, we, have been, we are qualitatively new beings in Jesus Christ, the world no longer has an experiential knowledge of who and what we are. Why? Well, John at the end of verse 2 says, therefore the word, uh, verse uh, 1 says, Therefore, the world knoweth us not experientially, because it knew him not. That is, the world rejected Jesus. Verse 2, now, and so, uh, beloved, now. Now, one translation reads, dear friends, and that's not the idea from the Greek. Agapatoi is the Greek word, agapatoi. And so uh, in this translation, it reads, uh, beloved. And so I, I love that. And so we go on, now are we. And so we have an adverb, now here is an adverb of transition. Now are we the techna of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know collectively as believing ones, as born-again ones, as those who have been made qualitatively new, 
uh, as those who have a conjoint relationship with God through Jesus. But we know that. We know experientially because why? We are growing up in our knowledge of God through the person of Jesus. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I love these verses. I love because this is clinical theology for believers. So our body will be like his body. That is, we will have a a resurrection body. Please read Philippians 3.1. We will have a resurrection body like his body. Our image or nature will be like his. Romans 8.29. Please read Romans 8.29. And so we will have a spiritual body endowed with incorruptibility. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, Please read. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, when you get opportunity. And so, uh, please read verses 42 to 44. And we will be, in our resurrection bodies, we will be recognizable. Amen. And so that is very, very powerful. And we will be recognizable and identifiable as believers. And so I want to give you hope. I want to, uh, from the word of God, when you get an opportunity, please read God's word. Please read 1 John chapter 3. And understand that this hope is a purifying hope from verse 3. Uh, so verse 3 reads, quote, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. That is, we become free from defilement because we don't want to be defiled. We want to be clean because we have this wonderful expectation of our Savior coming for us. That should put a smile in your, in your heart. It should give you a wonderful hope a believing hope, and moreover, it should be a, a stabilizing hope. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.